Hi, welcome to Mimi. I'm Mel. I created Mimi as a safe space for creativity, a place for creatives to come together, get inspired, and find help through accessible coaching, free resources, and fun workshops and masterclasses on everything from branding, surface design, illustration, and more. The Mimi podcast is basically a really good excuse for me to chat with amazing people, from illustrators and designers to photographers, makers, and more. In today's episode, I chat with Elspeth Mills. Elspeth has a very exciting job. She's the lead designer at Lucy and Yak. I'm pretty sure you know this very popular, joyful and sustainable UK fashion brand. You might even own a pair of their famous dungarees. We talk about how she landed this dream job, what her process is in creating patterns, where she finds inspiration and who a dream collab would be. Hint, he's a very stylish and handsome Brit. It was fun getting to chat about her experience working in-house instead of freelancing. And I'm sure a lot of you will enjoy a conversation. Also, I thought I should tell you that I completely forgot to hit record at the very start of our chat, which was both terrifying and kind of hilarious. Lucky for me, it was only a few minutes in, so we just started again. Please enjoy. Hell's Beth. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, we're recording. Let's just do that question again. Okay. Oh <laughs> See, you don't have to be nervous. I'm like, um, okay. So I love to go back to the beginning and think about what you were like as a kid. So where were you born and raised? And yeah, what kind of kid were you? Um, so I was born in Stockport, but moved around a little bit until we were about four and then grew up in a village called Staplehurst in Kent, um, which was a really nice little village. I've got three sisters. So growing up, Everything was always quite busy, quite fun. There was always someone around. And I realized like I just always loved to be busy and that's not really changed. Still, yeah, still something I'm like, I crave being around people. And I think that is because I had three sisters that I could pester all the time. So yeah, growing up was really fun. And yeah, we were just always doing stuff the six of us, the family. So we did like a lot of camping. Um, obviously there's six of us and money wasn't there much. So we did like lots of camping, free exhibitions, free galleries, always did fun stuff, but it was always so fun because we were together. So I really loved it. I loved my childhood. That sounds really nice. That's a lot of you, but that's pretty cool. Like the energy must have been really yeah. crazy all the time. It was, it was a lot. I really, really think now I'm an adult. I'm like, how on earth did my mum do it? And it was chaotic, but always good fun. So what about your parents? Were they really creative? Yeah, so pretty creative. So my mum always like encouraged us to all be quite creative. So she's played around with dressmaking and she taught me to dressmake and we used to do cross stitches and she'd always just like encourage us to be quite hands-on. I just loved spending time with mum. Um, and then also doing something hands-on was like really fun. And then, yeah, after that, we'd me and her would always go to textile exhibitions and we just started to like have like, our bond was basically through that. Um, and she later in life did a fine art degree. Um, so she is a really creative woman. And then my dad loves to play around with little creative things. And he'll always say, I'm not as good as you guys. I'm not as good. And like, we're like, no, you are. But he's just a bit more detail orientated. So he'll do like little sketches. And if we go on a holiday, he'll like spend hours just drawing the sea or something. Um, whereas I'm probably a bit more slapdash. But yeah, both creative. That sounds really nice. So your bond with your mum was through textile and dressmaking. And is that what led you eventually to study textile design and fashion yes yeah, definitely where it um 
kind of took off. I didn't get on with, I loved it, but I didn't want to pursue it as much as textiles because I think when I have an idea, I want it to like, I want to be able to just like do it. And dressmaking is a lot more patient and quite detail orientated and you have to cut carefully and then sew. And then sometimes you'd not finish it in the day because it takes longer than a day to make a certain dress. And I found that more frustrating. So I was always like, I don't think I'll be a fashion like shape designer, but I love the colors and mixed media and creating something probably a bit quicker. So yeah, that's definitely where sort of I started to fall in love with textiles and the fashion industry. So where did you go to school? Yeah, so I went to, so school was near where I grew up and then I went to university. I actually did a foundation year at at UCA in Maidstone, um, which was great. I made some really good friends there and just had like a really good fun time being able to explore different like avenues of the creative world. So we had to do like a, um, a week in each sort of area that they practice. So it was like one in fine art, photography, graphic and illustration, textiles, fashion and something else did I say photography anyway so there was six I think chose textiles and yeah loved it just loved I've always yeah loved it just find that it's easier for me because it's something that I'm really passionate about so like studying was a bit easier because I was like oh but going to that gallery and then writing up like what I thought about it or having ideas from it came I guess easier than maths and geography and stuff so I always enjoyed it a lot more Um, and then I went on to do textiles at Bath Spa Art and Design University which was great again I I loved being a student I um, definitely went into the student lifestyle and um, it was yeah a really really fun three years and luckily came out of it with a degree. (laughs) So how now that's what we want to know it's like how did you land the coolest job on the planet which is being a print designer for Lucy and Yak. How did that happen? Tell me about this. It's actually quite a funny, well, it's a story that I'm always like, I can't believe this happened. So I I don't know if I'll get into this like further along, but I never felt like that confident in my own work. And so I was quite adamant that I, or I was quite certain that I wouldn't apply to a job and have to show a portfolio because I was a bit anxious about it. Um, so I'd sort of had a few different jobs after uni, none of them creative, but one of them was in the, was for Arcadia, obviously the umbrella brand for all of those places but I hated it and hated the culture there and I just felt really anxious and unhappy so and it wasn't a creative job anyway it was more of like an admin role and I left that and I was like I'm gonna go and work in Brighton in a shop and I got a job at the Lucy and Yak shop which looking back so that's four years ago now and I just started working the shop and on like my first or second shift we had a staff social and Lucy came and joined and I ended up sitting next to Lucy at La Choza in Brighton which is a Mexican restaurant Um, and we got chatting and told her like I'd gone to uni and studied textiles and then I'd worked at like Urban Outfitters and Arcadia and I sort of like basically just said what I loved doing and that I'm really excited to be working in the shop but like what I love is textiles and print and I I didn't actually think anything really I was like oh my gosh that's really exciting I've just chatted to Lucy but I didn't think it would lead to my career starting sort of so after that carried on the shop and I did the summer in the shop and it was so fun like it was the first shop we'd opened as a brand and it was just 
really, really fun. We'd do lots of staff socials and the shop was always like buzzy and exciting. So I really, really enjoyed my time at the shop. Then Lucy and Chris asked if I'd like to do a day a week in the office. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely would. And they hadn't had a designer before me. So we um, previously they'd buy stock fabric and make from that. Or even like Chris has designed a print before, who's the CEO and co-founder. And artist collaborations was a massive part of where we'd get our fun prints from. But yeah, so I started and I remember starting and it it was just me and Lucy and Chris in this really like quite big office in Kemp Town. And I was like, gosh, um, really, really nervous. I was like, I don't actually know what I'm supposed to be doing. But I started by designing some socks. Um, so just stripes and block colours and then went on to like these sweatshirts which were called Marley and I, again I did the same and then I took them over to Lucy and Chris and I was quite nervous and Chris like looked at them and looked at me and looked at them and he was like oh you're quite good at this and I was like oh okay after that I definitely was doing so then it went to like three days a week in the office and two days in the shop and then it went to four days in the office and one day in the shop and then eventually they were like do you just want to do this full time and I was like absolutely um I was sad to say goodbye to the shop because it had been like the fun time but um yeah it was I was definitely ready to like get my teeth into the design side but I definitely started off mostly managing like the artist collaborations and the sort of choosing the colors that we went for and just designing stripes I didn't do as much print design in the first like four or five months but I was just drawing like away in the evenings and I was like I just know that that's what I want to do and I thought if I could get one print on a piece of clothing that would be like a dream and now, yeah, all my prints go onto the clothing. So it's crazy. But I just thought, oh, if I could just draw and draw and draw and show, I just subtly like put bits on my desk and be like, maybe they'll see it and think that looks really cool. And that happened. And then they were like, yeah, carry on. Just as we've grown, obviously the range has grown and it's just, yeah, it's crazy. But it, it did all just start in the shop. So it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's quite a one in a lifetime kind of opportunity and a story because it all kind of happened naturally and you couldn't really have predicted. It's not like you applied for the job you basically created the job yeah didn't have to I always think oh gosh if I had to interview now would I get it or would I be in this position now but I mean that's just overthinking (laughs) yeah I love it so you're the first in-house designer we're getting on the podcast because I usually only talk with I mean it's not on purpose but I guess I just interview a lot of freelancers so I think it's really cool and it's really interesting because we can actually you know have a good idea of what it's like to be in-house so I want to know what's your day-to-day life as an in-house designer yeah well I'd say probably each day is quite different I wouldn't say I'm de- I like have a typical working day it's definitely kind of broken up into the sections of the season so if we're if we're started from the beginning we we start with inspiration trips go out and source inspiration and then I'll prepare my mood boards from that and present those in a like design vision meeting and then once that gets signed off then I'll start drawing so I could spend a whole day just drawing at home or in the office sometimes I draw there but it's a bit easier to like get my head down and just switched off from people asking me to check something and see this sample and so I guess that might be different that I'm like in all parts of the process almost like it once 
once the product's made, people are still coming back to check that the print's right and this is right. And yeah, sorry, typical day. I'll draw and then after draw, I'll like present the drawings and hopefully they'll be happy with most of them. And then I'll go on to like develop these into tiles and start mocking them up on what products I think would work and then present this again in another meeting. I guess there is actually quite a lot of meetings being in-house because you're kind of like at each stage, just have to show it and check it and sign it off. So I'll check that products, then send those off for sampling and then we'll get back the samples and we'll like build the room and put up the samples in the weekly drops that they might be coming in um, and like sign them off and build the range. And all of this process has kind of changed so many times since we've just, we haven't ever perfected it. It's definitely like still a working progress. I think we're at an amazing place now, but it's changed from season to season, literally like for the last four years, I don't think we've ever done it the same, but it's been exciting and like always just like such a big learning curve for me because we've kind of just like carved out ourselves and how we want to do it and and because of that we can be really like flexible and decide to change the process um, and think of a better way to do it and I'm constantly like well what is the better way to show these designs or to sign off or to make sure it looks like a cohesive collection every day is quite different but we just yeah work <laughs> yeah I think what I really like about what you're saying is that you actually get to be kind of in control of the whole process which I think is sometimes lost when you're freelancing because you'll create a pattern and then someone else is doing sampling you won't necessarily see the samples you might it really depends but what's nice about you being in-house is like you're here and present for the whole thing from first pattern into you know what it looks like in real life which is really nice yeah I think that is a part of the job that I do really like is probably a little bit because I'm quite um (laughs) invested and I'm quite not controlling but I like to see my like the end vision I'm like oh that's that is what I wanted it to look like and I'm really happy it is and then if it's not then we can tweak it and change things so I like to be kind of like in at each stage and um even down to sort of photo shoots I'll have like meetings with the photo shoot teams and I'll just say like my vision for the collection and obviously they're creative people too so they get to take my ideas but roll with it in their way but it's just nice to be able to like input and just say oh this is where this came from so yeah yeah so your role is also a little bit you know you're kind of being an art director as well in many ways for the brand I guess just because I've been at the brand for quite a while I know I know Lucy and Chris fairly well and know what they like and dislike most of the time I definitely don't always get it right but most of the time I do so it's quite I think as I've grown and the brand's grown it's kind of just like become cohesive and yeah I can usually have a good sense of what they will and won't like. So you mentioned sourcing trips, which is really exciting. And it's funny because in my questions for you, I did say the last one was California, which we're going to talk about because I love California. But actually, you just came back from one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So um, we did do our big pre-season. So it's spring, summer 24. We did that in California, um, LA and popped to San Diego, which was incredible. We do like kind of a bigger trip. Again, this has changed. We haven't always done this, but this is the new way. We came back from LA, which was our big sort of pre-spring summer trip. And then we've just finished designing spring. And then just to like have a little refresh and top up before starting summer, we went away to Amsterdam and had two very, very quick days seeing six exhibitions going to a flea market. It was incredible. And it is really, really inspiring to get to go away and see so much. Yeah. So wait, how long in advance do you create things? Because usually in fashion, it's like almost two years, I don't know, a year or two years in 
advance. We're a year ahead. So I've currently just finished designing spring 24, which is basically would start dropping this time next year. Our designs will get signed off and then production is about nine months. And then we can, if we've got like the fabric already in house, we can sometimes turn things around quicker. Like if it's a repeat order and they already know the print and the shape really well, then it can be quite a lot quicker but yeah it is about a year I work about a year in advance I find that so interesting and I'm always like how on earth do you know what's gonna do well next year I mean you have to tell me what's your process what do you think about what you know what it's not even just what inspires you because you need to take into consideration so many things right yeah I guess it's like a little bit of I don't know I was gonna say luck or it's definitely not a perfected science and our trips are incredible and I just kind of have the these ideas and then create like more and more of a story around the idea and then from that story becomes like a big mood board of ideas I think would fit within that story and I try not to call it trends because we're definitely not a trend-led brand like there will be nods to trends like checkerboard is obviously quite a big trend at the minute but we try not to stick to exactly what trends are because we well I believe we're more of a creative brand we're for creatives and um, it's just the way we've done it so I don't have to necessarily like stick to what's definitely going to be in obviously people will want the product to sell but usually um we're allowed to like push the boundaries and not be so like tied into what is definitely going to be on trend at that point and um, which is lucky because if I had to completely predict what was going to be in I'd probably struggle with that and it leaves me with a like, lot more freedom to be creative so yeah we'll go away and I'll book a lot so usually I'll research a place before we even think about booking it and I'll already have a sort of idea in mind if I think it's going to be a really I don't know cottage core sort of summer then I'll be like okay what sort of place would suit that and what exhibitions have they got on and will they like interlink and Amsterdam actually we went to loads of exhibitions and the running theme throughout all was really digital like a lot of digital exhibitions a lot of projections on the walls a lot of moving images like a lot of video Um, and I noticed that also basically six months ago Um, so a lot of our winter is kind of digitally inspired and sort of from that yeah it's a weird one because you never know like if you're gonna hit the mark but usually um we have like a lot of time when the samples come we'll be like oh yeah we absolutely love that and we think it will work and it's fun to think of the bigger concept so thinking how it's going to be shot and what it's going to look like and how it's going to be styled and all of those things so yeah it's been really a fun process those trips must be super inspiring and I love that you get to kind of decide you know like what kind of story I like that it's based on a story I think it's quite important when you get to create something that needs to be cohesive and it's collection kind of no matter what because you're not really following trends you're probably looking at them and thinking okay but even trends I don't know how people predict trends because there's so much that goes into it and not everything can happen actually I was going to ask COVID probably changed a lot of things when it hit did what happened with that because I don't know why I'm intrigued about it like trend wise mood wise well definitely and I was pretty new to the role I'd say I'd probably been in it for a year when COVID hit and by this point we weren't going away for inspiration anyway we were I was sourcing it digitally from magazines all of those sort of ways but then during COVID I remember being like oh my gosh I literally have no ideas I'm stuck in like everyone was like these four walls and I'm still having to try and draw um, and be inspired and interested and I just felt really not and thankfully I did still manage to get some work that um, was made and it was all fine but it definitely felt 
harder. And then trend wise, I think everyone just went towards cozy, comfort, loungewear, all of those things. And also just dressing more for yourself and not thinking what other people were going to see because you're like, well, actually, during those that those times we were stuck inside, you only dressed for yourself, really. And you just put on what you felt comfortable and happy in or what made you feel good um, in quite a difficult time. So I think that was definitely really like apparent through trends and I think also people dressing like to make themselves feel a certain way and not feeling so much pressure but like just grabbing what made them happy or excited or and then after that I think people were like actually I want to show the world what I'm wearing and just go like bigger and better and show what they've sort of learned to express. Yeah it was really interesting I think more and more people are kind of you know the thing of like dopamine dressing and I mean that's what Lucy and Yak is about basically. Definitely and I think it's just that thing of wearing what you love and not what you think suits you or what you think you should be wearing but it's like I actually love that bright pink pair of trousers. I'm going to wear them because I can. Um, I think that's super important. Yeah, and it has it has an effect on people. It's funny. I bought I bought a quote recently that's really bright, like bright pink and purple. And um, and when my partner saw it, he was like, "Oh, that's disgusting." And I was like, "No, I I like it. It's a weird kind of check. It's not checkerboard. It's like kind of tartan, but not as not a small tartan, like a big tartan. You know that kind of thing." Anyway, and I was just attracted to it because the colors were so bright. And I was yeah. like, "No, I like it." And he was like, oh, "Okay." I was like, "I don't care anyway. I'm buying it." And <laughs> I swear, I've never had that many compliments on one in terms of clothing. I think it's not just a coat. It's the colours. It's because when you go outside, especially in the UK, and you're wearing something bright and happy, people notice and it makes them happy and they feel like they can tell you, oh, this looks like your coat is amazing. And it's just, I like yeah. how it's a conversation starter and it makes people happy. It's just the power of colour, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's so, I love it. I love seeing people like complimenting other people on wearing something. And often they'll say, oh, I could never never wear something that bright but it looks amazing and it's like no you could as well and I think slowly other people are learning that they can and that they want to because they are drawn to complimenting people that are wearing colour so they'll eventually by themselves which is great so there's something else I really wanted to ask you I feel like you create so many patterns and what I like as well is that it's quite varied in terms of um style it's mm. like I feel like you really get to play with it which is super exciting and I feel like that's maybe something freelance illustrators don't get to do as much because you when you're freelancing you do need to kind of stick to a style but you get to play so definitely you can feel we can feel like you're behind them but you still play a lot with mediums and tools I guess I don't no, that's what I want to know. It's like your process. I know you draw on your iPad. I've seen you do also like more, you know, play with gouache or like loads of different mediums. So tell me more about this. Yeah, um, I do feel really fortunate that I get to play around quite a lot. And I always used to say this, really, I don't have one specific style. And I think that worried me about being a creative because I was like well I don't know which who I am as a creative like which is my style and what suits me and what do I enjoy most I always like flitted around a bit and then I always thought that meant I wasn't as credible because I didn't have my thing but yeah at Lucy and Yak I do definitely get to play around I've, I've got a Lucy and Yak handwriting I feel like everyone could be like oh that's a Lucy and Yak print and I guess that's kind of come from me growing with the brand and it's um I'll always keep our customers and our, um, yeah, the people that love and um, wear Lucy and Yak, they'll always be at the forefront um, of like where I'm designing and who I'm thinking of. But I do get to just really play around. So I majority probably design on my iPad. Obviously, the amount of prints that we're producing at the minute is it's more than 
what it was three, four years ago. So for time, um, the iPad is a little bit quicker, but I definitely enjoy being able to play around with other mediums. So we went to Marrakesh for an inspiration trip um, and I was really, really excited to bring back pigments that you mix with water and then they create these beautiful inks. So I did, which these will be coming out shortly, I think, um, did some like really fun sort of Moroccan inspired florals with these like inky blue colours. Yeah, that was really fun. And I just bought some cyanotype paper. So I'll do some like sun printing and then scan those in and work on those and yeah I've worked with like crayons and scanned it in and lots of yeah lots of fun things it's just yeah finding the time to like push it a little bit further than just sitting and using my iPad I guess yeah because it's so interesting I recently started doing collages for myself Mm. and it's so nice like not being on a screen there's something about using raw materials that is just so creative and so inspiring that you're not just staring at a blank screen you know with notifications popping up and you know, I don't know you can kind of enjoy the process a little bit more I think yeah I definitely think when you work on your iPad this is why I often work from home because it's like the emails are coming through and people are trying to chat to you and it's just easier to like switch off and just get like fully into the drawing when those things aren't pinging um, so even more so when you're just like hands on and not even like looking at a screen you're just like oh okay and it's fun because you never I feel like when I'm drawing on an iPad I have an idea of where it's going to go and I sort of you can go back as many times as you like if you don't like it you can change it as in like reverse it but when you don't like something you're doing on hand you have to work into it and keep going and it changes more organically I suppose which means you're never quite sure where it's going to go and what it's going to end up like which is also quite fun and to have that freedom it's good so I'd like to know your favorite part of the job even though I've got an idea <laughs> so I love so many parts of it even well the people at Lusignaco like a massive part that I love obviously that's not a creative part but they're all fabulous and have some great friends there so I love that but obviously traveling and getting to see new places is something I never want to take for granted because I'm like I always wanted to travel when I was younger but I never like was very good at saving and I would just go on little trips here there and everywhere and not actually save up for those like big trips that I'd wanted to go on so I think getting to go to new places and see parts of the world I'd never really even dreamed of seeing is definitely a part that I love but then it's also well and seeing all the exhibitions like exhibitions can be really expensive and finding the time to go to all of the exhibitions that you want to go to is is so hard um in everyone's busy schedule so getting to do that as part of my job I love that's something I do in my free time so getting to do it as part of my job is the best thing and then drawing and just coming up with the ideas is basically my favorite part it's it's the part I'm gonna if I ever like progress or move on or I don't know if our team grows and I do less of the drawing I think that's a part I'd really miss and something I'd have to consider whether I would want to even move away from that at all because that's like my favorite favorite thing I thought you were going to say as well like drawing something and then getting the sample or getting the final piece and yeah. be like oh my god dungarees with my pattern on it probably yeah. never gets old it doesn't get old I think also seeing people I never like go up to someone and and tell them that I drew what they're wearing but it still blows my mind that people were wearing something that I just like had in my head and then drew and then I'll see them and they have no idea that we've just walked past each other 
and I'll just do a little smile like inside I don't know if it will ever get old and it's so funny like my grandparents my parents would just tell everyone like oh my daughter or granddaughter works there and she probably drew that and I'm just like oh gosh stop it's embarrassing but also it is they're very proud so <laughs> that's very sweet people would love this if you actually went up to them and said actually I did that or no I guess I guess it might be a bit weird but you can just go talk to them and kind of say oh your dungarees are amazing you know and they're like oh yeah it's from this little brand of, oh yeah I know about it you know you can kind of get into it and be like yeah, yeah. maybe I did them but um, you know <laughs> it happened once at a festival so my friend was probably a little bit tipsy and I said to her I was like oh I designed those trousers and obviously she was like right well I'm going to go and speak to them and she went over and brought this girl over who was just wearing a pair of our cold jeans um, and was like my friend signed those and then we ended up spending like a fair amount of the day with this girl because she was just like so happy to have met us and like she was lovely and um, she loved the brand so it was funny it just it is a bit wild yeah and you know I think it's one of the things about Lucy and Yak it's a very um, community based brand and I think people that know and wear Lucy and Yak will recognise other people that you know wear Lucy and Yak and I know whenever I wear I've got I mean so many bits from you guys it's quite bad I mean I know we did our collab so I've got my bits yeah. and I've got other bits that I've bought I've got my uh, dotty ones just there yeah. yeah if I wear them there'll always be someone be like oh Lucy and Yak and stuff and I know it's like a little yeah a little community people smile at each other in the street and we get sent so much positive feedback of like how the brands made them feel like not what we've really done but that they've met someone on the street who's complimented their dungarees and then they've grabbed a coffee and now they're really good friends and it's all like started because they've had this connection through a brand so it's just fun and lovely so what's been your favorite i know this might be hard to answer your favorite pattern the ones you've done what's your favorite one gosh that's hard because there is quite a few now and also i think it always becomes my favorite is always the latest thing that I've just drawn and presented so probably quite a few of my favorites are stuff that's coming out this summer or next winter but I think stuff that's been released I really like it was called Arlo it was a pair of coals and it was Salt Dean Lido um, which is a Lido down the road and um, it was just such a different print I'd never done something like it it was a bit more photographic with really nice like muted wash colors um, and there was a guy diving into the pool and it just became quite this quirky 70s print and it was just yeah it was just like nothing I'd done before and we all loved it in-house and we all just thought it was really fun and exciting and different it didn't do as well as we maybe thought because we all loved it thought it was probably quite niche but I really liked that and then probably my second or like one of my other favorites is Josie Patch it went on an Ollie jacket and some Easterns and that's probably I don't usually design with myself in mind because I love Lucy Yak, but I think I haven't worn them that much since I started designing because I don't know it's just like I've designed it's been in my head for so long and then when I finally see it the end result I'm like yeah cool next thing so I don't often design for myself but this one I quite like little like ditzier florals and patchworks and I have like a million quilted jackets from various vintage shops that I just adore and I kind of had like that in mind like patchwork quilted blankets and I drew this one I drew lots of different patterns and then just like mix match them all together but it was quite pretty pastels and pinks and sage and it was just quite twee and nice so I'd say that was probably one of my other ones 
because everyone would be like, oh, that's a U-print. That's definitely a U-print. There's something funny you mentioned about things not doing well or doing well. And I wonder if it's similar to, I don't know what I want to compare it to social media, but you know, sometimes I think that that's something that freelance illustrators maybe have more because we, what you don't have to do too much is be super active on social media because you're fine. You're, you've got your job and you know, you're creating constantly and focusing on this, but we have to share work consistently so we can also get work. Anyway, my point was sometimes you'll share something that you absolutely love and you mm. think this is people are going to love this too because I love it and then it kind of flops well I know there's the algorithm as well but sometimes you do something that you're like ah well that's okay and then people love it have you had prints that you were like ah yeah that's okay and then it, it's like the bestseller yeah definitely there's been prints that I found easier to draw or like they're more simple tiles and they're not as complex and I don't think they've got as much intricacy or like complexity to them and I'm like oh yeah it's a nice print but it's not groundbreaking and it's not going to set the world on fire sort of thing and for example this checkerboard I love checkerboard and I love this fleece but it's two colors it's squares and it sold out it is hard to know and then things like the Orion it was like a sort of celestial moon and um, sun flowers not sunflowers but sun faces and with little stars and that did really well and I think it is just probably the dark base it's a bit easier to wear maybe but I'd say I find the probably harder prints to wear more exciting and more conversation starters and more interesting. Um, So I definitely never want to just do the ones that we think will sell amazingly because it'd be a bit boring for me. Yeah, exactly. It's like you always got to fight your corner to be doing exciting stuff and not just checkerboard. Although, yeah, everybody, I mean, I love your fleece. That's the first thing I said. (laughs) So in terms of collabs, because you're renowned to do a lot of artist collaborations, which is really cool as well. And I think it's part of the brand and it's Mm. what makes it really exciting as well, bringing the community together even more. So I wanted to know if you had had a fave collab so far. So probably two years ago, I actually passed on the collab side of Lucignac to our junior designer, Tash. She researches and finds the new artists to collab, presents those, and then we'll, she'll contact them and get that ball rolling. Um, so I don't have as much to do with artist collabs, but I definitely used to enjoy working with all the artists. It was always just so nice to chat and meet new people like we worked together maybe, yeah, a couple of years ago. A while ago, because I was pregnant yeah. when I received the samples. I mean, not the same, but you know, you send me some to take pictures. So. Yeah. It was probably end of 2019. Mm. Yeah, it was a while ago, like over two years ago, Um, which is weird because it feels like yesterday. But yes. Yeah, crazy. Um, so I've always enjoyed working with artists and things that I can never do and never would want to like try because it's not my I don't know there's just areas that I'm like oh I couldn't do that but this person can or if there's something really important to talk about through people's work I never want to like try and have those conversations with me drawing them I want to get the person who has lived experiences and can talk about that through their work we like to highlight those artists so I'd say I've enjoyed all of them and obviously I'm guessing Ed Sheeran is coming up <laughs> it was quite amazing you got to do a collab with him yeah so Ed Sheeran was a bit of a random one um he actually wanted to work with us so it was probably not the most aligning artist or collab that we've ever done but it was just crazy exciting that someone with such a massive platform would want to work with 
us so for me like I obviously was like wow okay yeah I'll do this I had meetings with his team I never had a meeting with him and um, I had meetings with his team at Warner and we got sent his artwork for his album um, and then I just got like free reign to like pull bits from that and work on that and change bits and play around with colors and I got to like present back three concepts and three capsule collection ideas and then we chose one and went with that so it was really exciting and he did wear it which was it wasn't in a contract and we could none of it was like we didn't pay him to do anything and it was just organic if he wanted to wear it if he liked it enough to wear it then he would and he did so that was quite exciting I was like oh he's actually worn it okay what would be a really cool collab where you'd like lose your your mind over it you'd be like oh my god so many I reckon like so many but we always joke in the office like some of um some of us in the office are like can you imagine if Harry Styles wore oh, our or like wanted to do a collab because that would just be really fun or I also really like Ollie from years and years he was in It's a Sin I just think he he's worn Lucien Yaks before and I'm always like oh my gosh we need to do something with him yeah I'm sure you could reach out to them yeah I yeah. feel like Harry would be quite receptive to that because his style is crazy in a good way like he likes you know he likes a bit of crazy colors and shapes and yeah, stuff, his so. colors He's really yeah, creative. Definitely. Who knows, you know? I bet, I bet it's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> one day I'll see that on Instagram. I'll be like, oh, she's done it. She <laughs> has done it. So what do you reckon has been the most exciting thing that's happened since you've been working with Lucien Yak? Oh, gosh. I guess launches are always exciting, especially when it's something that I've really, really, like, enjoyed creating and enjoyed seeing come to life seeing it growing and seeing people wearing it that I really admire or like their fashion sense I'm like oh my gosh they are so cool when they're wearing something that I've designed in my lounge I just think that's really exciting I'd say almost every week there's something exciting happening whether it's I don't know, people going off to do a photo shoot and they've got a really cool model or activist coming in and we've just done a neurodiversity campaign and that was really exciting. And yeah, I'd say different levels of excitement, but quite a lot of it is exciting, which isn't a good It does sound super nice and exciting. And like you said, you being aligned with the brand as well really helps. It's just working in an environment that you like. I mean, you said you work from home as well, but yeah, having a team you love and just getting to draw cool patterns Mm. and they unclothe and it's all for good, you know, a good brand. And that just sounds like the dream job to me. I do feel quite fortunate. And um, I always have to remind myself like, well, I don't actually, because every day I'm like, oh my gosh, I am really really lucky to be in this position especially how it came about and I've worked really hard to prove that I can do it and I've always had a little bit of imposter syndrome and self-doubt and like I'm not good enough like I shouldn't be doing this but I've always pushed through and just been like no I need to create the best things I can um and thankfully yeah it's still working out yeah so what would be the advice you would give to let's say a young illustrator that's just starting out and that wants to have an in-house experience because freelancing is scary as well and I think it is great to get experience in-house as well you learn so much like you said you probably learn a huge amount in four years yeah what would be your advice to them what should they be doing gosh I find it really difficult to give advice I guess because I feel not like a fraud because obviously I am doing this job but because of the way I got the job I feel like it was right time right place for me but advice wise I'd say just knock on those doors send those little messages keep meeting people go to galleries and events keep up to date with what's going on with the like smaller brands that are emerging or I guess finding 
it's hard because I'd say finding what you love but it's difficult to find what you love until you've tried a few things but I guess like kind of knowing what you want and then just keep pushing I always think when Lucy and Yak was four years ago an email to lucyandyak.com or whatever would have gone straight to Lucy and Chris so I always think there are brands that are just starting out and will need help and our graphic designer just sent an email being like you need some help with your logo like it's crap so she started by basically sending that email to them and saying I'll sort your logo out for you and now she's here four years later still working with the brand so I guess just being aware of what's maybe like coming up and new little brands starting out and if that's what you'd want or if you want to be in a bigger brand and um, I guess just keep an eye and keep like sending emails and cover letters and keep updating your portfolio it's a good point, I think, trying to see those little brands that have a lot of potential and, you know, keeping an eye on them. But it's quite a bold move from your graphic designer to be like, your logo is crap. I'm going <laughs> to make it better for you. I mean, it takes a lot of guts. Yeah, it was a lot of guts, but... um it definitely was a bit crap before Val worked her magic. <laughs> okay, so I like to talk about the lessons and the struggles sometimes because we can all learn from what you've learned so far. Is there something that you've found hard to do as an in-house designer? Yeah, well, I, my immediate thing would be like, no, like not at all. I've loved it all and nothing's hard. And that's just me. I'm always like, no, no, it's all great. Um, but I think this is going to sound funny, but my probably my hardest thing is the job that I do is something I love and is naturally something that I would do in my own time, like thinking about new ideas and thinking about drawings and wanting to draw in my own time anyway. So I think my hardest struggle is switching off and just being like, actually, I need a bit of a break from Lucy and from this whirlwind place that it is it's incredible but I think sometimes I push myself and then I'll be like wow I'm, I need a break but I don't normally recognize that I need a break but someone around me would be like as if you've not stopped <laughs> um so that my parents now live in Wales and it's quite a nice little it's a tiny tiny cottage in the middle of Wales and there's nothing really near it and so if I go there it's like the signal's rubbish and you can't really be on your emails or your phone and so it means I just get to go and switch off and not think too much and it does take me a time to like actually slow my brain down so I say that's a struggle because it's something I love to do it's creating that like okay no I need to stop thinking about the next print or the next mood board or the next meeting and and just hang out with friends and switch off yeah that's really good point because I guess in fashion everything is ever moving you gotta (laughs) stay on the wheel of doing things so do you think eventually you'll have someone working with you on prints because like you said you're creating a lot of them and there's a point where you might burn out if you just keep working a lot yeah, so we've got Tash, who I mentioned does the artist collabs, but she's also a junior print designer. So she already does like a few prints. About 20% of the range is what she works on, which is amazing to have that. And also a lot of admin comes with designing. So like every design that we do then has to be briefed out to the factories and the factories all have to understand what they need to do and the colours and all of that stuff. So there's a lot of admin, which she helps with massively. We're both very busy, but probably a good amount of busy. So I'd say if we like, grow anymore as a brand or if I need to take on more responsibilities in another I don't know like if things change then I guess we will hire a new person to join the design team which would be exciting but 
at the minute, there isn't that much talk about. Yeah, as long as you're both like kind of happy and because that's the thing, you've got to create so much, you've got to take care of your mind as well and your mental health for sure. And like you said, taking time off. It does definitely take a backseat sometimes looking after myself. <laughs> but I'm trying this year, I'm like trying to get better at being like, what's good for me? So yeah. You'll be happy to know that's very similar to what freelancers experience because we just do not stop. The main difference is that we kind of never know what's coming. I mean, we, we know to a certain extent but um there's that thing of like if i stop what you know will i be able to make money next month like it's always that hamster wheel as well yeah that is i like think that's i'd find it very very difficult to not know you might ask me about freelance but i don't know if i've got it in me it sounds very difficult i personally i mean i'm very busy and so i'm very lucky as well and I'm also very proactive. So it's, it, I think it's about, you know, trusting that things are coming, but also being proactive and not just sitting on your butt and be like, ah, oh, let's just wait for things to fall from the sky. At the end of the day, I think what's more difficult is not finding work and doing the work is losing between moments, resting and being like, okay, it's fine. Just take, take your week off. You'll be okay. It's okay. You know, like what you're saying, it's always, I think it's people's biggest problem to rest and then it's like you stress that week you don't have work you stress or even if sometimes it's a month but then work comes back and then you're stressed from that month that you stressed instead of resting it's a bit of a tricky situation it is just trusting isn't it that and also pushing and being proactive but like in that month off you must have just trust that something will come up and you should just be able to relax i know you mentioned it would probably terrify you to go freelance but would you ever do it to try to have a little bit more diversity also in projects and clients yeah i'd say never say never it's not something i've ever been very excited by it's something that probably more scared me and that's probably just something that i need to sit with and push through and if i ever do then it will be a challenge and i should rise to it and i would see where it took me but um currently i just feel like I'm enjoying where I'm at so much and what I'm able to create sort of getting the process and understanding the brand and we're still fairly new so I'm loving where we are at the minute um, and where I am with the brand but yeah I wouldn't ever rule it out I just don't actually even know where I'd begin or how I'd start or what would come about and I think for me anxiety is more in the unknown so that's something I'd probably need to come to terms with and be like actually it's fine not knowing what's coming up next because as much as I'm a creative person and I'm probably a bit of a planner as well. Like I like to know that we're signing off next Thursday and then that's that done and then I can move on to the next thing and it's the rhythm of working like that has just suited me really well. So we'll see. Never say never. I mean, you're having fun right now. So there's, yeah, there's no point in changing that if you're having a good time and you're doing well. So I read, I think it was on Insta that you said that during the lockdown you started henbook tattooing and I want to know if you're fully covered by now or not. <laughs> um, Not quite, no. I have done a fair few on myself and um, much to my mum's um distress <laughs> but I've maybe yeah maybe done like 20 but they're all very very small very very a bit rubbish but then I've done a few on friends and family who have trusted me enough but it's not taken off to being anything more than just a bit of a fun hobby but yeah it is fun I do really enjoy it when I was talking to a friend they were like if you did a completely different career what would you do and I was like I have no idea and then they were like maybe a tattoo artist and I was like it's not completely different because it's still kind of drawing but obviously on someone's skin and very permanent but that would be like quite fun and I love meeting new people and chatting so I think doing that and drawing would be quite a nice mix of what I love but no I'm not fully covered I do have some funny little doodles on myself (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that. So I've asked you already, what was your dream collab with Lucignac? It is Harry Styles and we're going to manifest this. But what are some of your personal dreams and goals for the next kind of month and years? Gosh, I find this question so hard to answer because I think where I'm at at the minute, just like personal life, work life, I'm like not thinking too far ahead. I'm kind of trying to just focus and live in the moment. And that sounds really, really cringy. But I think I've always thought like, oh, when I by the time I'm 30, I'll have this, this, this and this. And it never has worked out the way I thought it would. Relationships haven't worked out the way I thought they would. And I'm not in the same life stages as a lot of my friends the same age are. And I think I've always put a lot of pressure on thinking of the future and what I should have. And actually, I'm in a really like happy place at the moment. So actually thinking of the future, I find quite difficult. But I guess just growing more like personally and just knowing myself more and knowing that what I have achieved is like good enough and I should be proud and I think just being content or not content because being too content means you like sit back and not push yourself but like kind of being content and just enjoying where I am so I guess going forward just doing more of that and then actually when things do come up be really excited and just enjoy I think I'm excited for the future but I really don't know what I'm excited for but I think I've like been quite scared of the future in the past and now I'm just like I just need to relax and enjoy where I'm at now and what happens will happen and one thing I'm really excited about is we're going to India in May and so obviously this is work but I really want to go and see the school that we work with called Fear Delotto Um, and I'd love to just do a little art class with them or just draw with the girls and meet them and that's something that I think will mean a lot to me to see them and meet them and they've written us letters before so I feel like that's something I'm really excited about. That would be amazing but yeah Yeah. you're just enjoying the ride and um, kind of welcoming whatever is going to happen next which is lovely. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you want to know more about Mimi, then head out to mimiforcreatives.com and make sure to check the show notes for more details about our guest. I'll see you soon.